Hi, it's Leanne, and I am this wonderful show of um, chewing it over. Usual takeover that happens every second Tuesday of the month. So I'm always talking about something that is of interest to you in some way, no different to that. Um, some of us are still in recovery, our recovery therapy life. And then even from uh, the weekends, England game. I know, I know I'm in some recovery from, from that. Um, but I, as always, this will be a nice integrated session. And, and I do encourage you all to drop your comments and we'll, we can see them. We can obviously talk about them. And if we can, if we know who it is, because we actually will also bring that in. Funding, you know, what's available. And, and, and in particular, ring fence funding and I'm really looking forward to having visibility and engagement that is so important within our session and I'm bringing on these two guests to talk about this specific specific item because I think they say I think the phrase is when we know better we do better and I think that when we know what's available to us what resources and things like that are available to us, and we know we can utilize them outside of let's say a for funding through our workplaces or maybe those of us that work privately we know then that we can utilize those services that we're, we're already working on right to improve those to enhance them and I think that particularly in this day and age where uh, people funding people are looking to have investors there's a there's a whole realm of, of this that is probably a new world to some but it's also a very accessible world to others particularly those that are in the circle of, of getting help and, and getting, um, you know, investment in some way, shape or form. So without further ado, I'm going to bring my two lovely guests to the stage. I always think the half an hour is not anyway, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. But I have Ishmael Bedford, who is one of our recently uh, elected council members. And I also have Aideen Adonis with me, who is a um, clinical, she's a clinical specialist in neurology, but is also a lecturer. Let me bring them both in so they can introduce themselves. Thanks for joining me, guys, and uh, I hope that um, we can make this as fruitful and as productive for people as possible. Aideen, can you just introduce yourself first so that everybody knows who you are, what you're about, so you get a real feel, because I want to keep them here for 30 minutes, right? <laughs> Tell them a little bit about you. Hi, good afternoon, everybody, and thank you very much, Leanne, for the invite. Uh, so as Leanne said, my name's Adine Adonis. I am a neurophysiotherapist, and I do a whole host of other things, which includes uh, research as well as lecturing uh, at a postgraduate level. And my passion lies in neurology and ensuring equitable access to learning um, for physiotherapy staff members and physiotherapy students, but also making sure that health inequalities in people of colour are reduced. That's great. Thank you, Aideen. And, and Ishmael, can you tell us a little bit about you, <laughs> other than yeah. the, uh, the 350 words on the council address? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, not much to add other than what was in the council address, to be honest. But uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for the uh, thanks thanks for the invite. 
um yeah i think uh, you know but i'm sort of msk uh, physio by background um have worked uh in the private sector for a number of years um i've kind of moved away from my clinical role and now uh more in uh, management and leadership uh, roles alongside that i also um do some work uh within uh, the csp already um as a as a co-op um to, to council and, and like yourself moving into a fully elected role later later in the year um uh, congratulations, Leanne. Um, and uh, alongside that, I also um, sit on the Charitable Trust Education Awards panel. Lovely. So this is um, a really nice combination, I think, of, of people to come talk to us. You know, you guys working as a team, especially to come bring these items. Aideen, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, the ring fence funding? And I know you, you already stressed about um, ring fencing equality. Right. Um, in terms of ensuring that for your physio staff, but also the, the students as well. Talk to us specifically about this stuff that relates to, to us um, in terms of physiotherapy. Tell us a little bit more. So we know that in the current climate, accessing funding for courses, for example, conferences is really, really difficult. And we also know it becomes more difficult the longer you perhaps in a work situation. And as Ishmael said, um, he and I sit on the education and awards panel for the Chartered Society of Physiotherapy. And that awards panel um, provides funding for courses and conferences for people who apply. And it was Ishmael's brilliant idea to facilitate the ring-fenced funding that we now have in place as a pilot for the next year or so for uh, our BAME physiotherapists. Uh, and Ishmael can tell you loads more about how it's come about. I suppose from my point of view, it's to stress that the funding is there, it's available, and people need to apply. And yeah. the application process is not difficult. Um, but it does require some thought and it does require a couple of goes at it. Uh, and we can perhaps talk about that in a little bit. But ring fenced funding for things that you want to do that you perhaps couldn't get done at work previously um, would be really, really useful to help keep you continuing on your path of continued professional education. I think this is, is brilliant. And, and you know, Ish, you know, I'm just going to come back to you about this, but one of the things particularly in my, um, my CSP address is about working with, you know, youngsters to inspire, you know, the next generation of upcoming, you know, physiotherapists. And there has to be some synergy, doesn't there, in terms of the things that are occurring. In, and that doesn't matter what I'm doing, it, Ish is doing, or whoever else, you know, whether it's our eyes that are helping us to drive the, these things. But we, there needs to be some synergy. And I think the more you're talking about something that's available to people, the more they can say, oh, you know, from one friend to another, you said it might take a couple of years to go. The process itself is new. So, yes, it probably is going to take a couple of years. But people shouldn't get disheartened by that, right? And if you've got some signposts, even for people to be able to contact you guys directly, you know, even if it means that when I share this afterwards, I make sure I put your email addresses in, people know that they can contact you directly if they have got some questions. I know for a fact when I was training when I was a therapy assistant, I didn't initially know that there was funding for me to be able to go on to be to qualify as a physiotherapy as a physiotherapist. And it was actually through talking to one of my one of the parents of the gymnast I taught who told me about the initiative. 
she didn't know about it in, in its entirety. But that's why I'm here now in front of you guys, you know, through funding. So I think it's really important for people to know what's available to them. Ish, talk a little bit more about um, where this came from, because, you know, for something, something like this to come, it's quite grassrooted, you know, in terms of, you know, taking something like this from a, a thought and actually being able to put this to someone who then says, yes, let's do this. We think this is a good idea. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so you know, the, there are a few things that kind of led to this um, getting off the ground, really. I think one of the first things was looking at the data that was out there and identifying um, the, the existing inequalities, which, you know, people may or may not be, be, be aware of, but some quite stark kind of numbers, particularly around, um, you know, likelihood of, of kind of accessing um, non-mandatory training from from um, ethnic minority groups in comparison to their white counterparts, particularly kind of within the NHS space. So so the the, the res data kind of highlights towards that there is um, uh, there, there's a lower likelihood that from certain communities that you're going to be able to access this training. Alongside of that, there are um, the other issues that the res highlights around um, likelihood of, of being exposed to discrimination, whether that be from um, in, including from you know colleagues and and line managers and all things that in my mind potentially potentially um, could lead to uh, people struggling to access uh, training and development op opportunities. And I'm you know, very passionate about people being able to access training and development and um, having the opportunity to, to to progress progress their progress their careers. I think some of that data was then uh, appreciate again call out the res data. It's not physio specific um but yeah, yeah, we okay. can reasonably um uh, reasonably expect that yeah. some of that will apply um and then yeah, you know, the csp's edi survey also kind of highlighted that yeah. um you know physios from, from from black asian ethnic minority um yeah, uh, groups were were have got um don't have less less like to believe that they had equal access um they greater levels of concern around uh, you know recruitment career progression opportunities um greater level of concern um around opportunities to to to, to, to kind of network and develop uh, develop contacts so so we're kind of building up this picture here that there, there's there's an inequality of experience and there's a number of things that we should be doing once we identify these things so so also I'm, I'm i'm quite people know me as well but don't necessarily think we need lots more data about these things there's lots of data yeah. out there we need to kind of do stuff with the data that we've got yeah. yes let's continue to build that picture and reassess but but let's get to the let's get to the doing bit um so, so following that um a bit of work was done to, to probably just get a bit more of a snapshot view from the BAME network um, in terms of their, you know, their experiences. And I think um, uh, a, a Dean sort of very importantly made sure in the beginning that was identifying, first of all, are, are there any barriers and not sort of making the assumptions, which was a critical a critical thing. Um, but, but also we did yeah. find that, that there were things that people found barriers. And I suppose a slightly broader question, maybe to the one you, you were asking and framing around access to funding. Um, it, was, it, it was more access to CPD funding uh, could be one of those problems, but actually there was another number of other things, whether that be um, just the, um, you know, the logistics of getting time off work or um, understanding of kind of what was available to you, line manager support, completing applications, lot, lots mm. of other things could contribute to it. And, mm. and, and yes, funding addresses some of those, um, but, but actually there's there's other things that um, that, that, that feed into it. It's a, it's a fairly complex, a fairly complex picture. And I think that as, as you're, uh, you know, we have a, I always have a, a conversation before I bring them onto the show because I'm, I want to make sure that when I bring people on that the information is relatable, 
you know, to everyone that potentially is listening. But also a lot of the topics that I think relate directly to me because I think that my own experiences, you know, yes, I'm one person, but my experience can can be reflective of a lot of other other people too. So I have my own thoughts and my own opinions about it, about things that I, that I talk about on the show. There's one there's one thing in particular as you both speak, say, and I'm not sure. <laughs> how people listening will feel about it or whether they will even be aware of it. But there's a real cult and I'm I am Afro Caribbean, I'm I'm Western culture about work hard all the time. Yeah. And in working hard, that almost seems to come across as though within that is you shouldn't ask for help. Like you don't need help. Right? And Actually, I think that the culture is moving. I think it's evolving for people to realize that they need to be able to work smarter and not harder and that it's okay to ask for help. Like whether that's in the terms of seeing that as funding or guidance from a mentor or reaching out somewhere. You know, we know through the pandemic, people have become so much more accessible. But I do think that there's been a culture I can't speak about the, you know, Asian and other minorities, but to me as a black person, this thing about this work ethos that we're hard workers and, and always really, really pushing has meant then that you, you're not even looking to see whether I can get help from somewhere else or someone else. Would you, would you agree or, or disagree or what are your thoughts around that? I, I, I agree with you. I think that um, for such a long time, we as a people have needed to be quite independent. Uh, and we don't have the social capital necessarily or the professional capital that other people may have. And I think that's one of the first things that we need to recognize. And not having that means that we have to tap into networks, form networks, go and find people. All of this is really, really hard work. We also need to understand, though, that what perhaps got us here is not going to get us there. And until mm. we understand that little bit, because, you know, it's like doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different response. And you're not going to get that different response. And as Ish said, the complexity of filling in forms or completing applications for funding, especially when it's funding external to work, is complicated. There's a certain way to write it. There's a certain way to answer the, the questions asked or how do you get across what you need to in the 500 words that you've been allocated. And I think that's why Ishmael's um, pushing forward this initiative has been so important because it's allowed that education panel to sit and think about, okay, how else do we need to help? What else do we need to do as the allies perhaps to remove some of these barriers? And that could be things around, this is how you fill in an application form that looks like this. This is what these subsections mean, what they actually want from you. Yeah, and I, I think just to add to that, the, the, the key thing is about barriers here. So, so Leanne, I, I, I recognise, um, you know, that that sort of cultural observation of, of you have to work hard, you have to get your head down, um, that, that yeah. whole idea of, you know, twice as hard, get working twice as hard for half as 
off as much. It, it, it is it is a sort yeah. of cultural thing. Um, but I think we need to recognise, be really clear on why that's the case, and the, the reason for that is because of the inequality, because of the because of the because of the barriers, um, yeah. and I think sometimes as well, um, you know, probably outside of the, com the community, that the not having an understanding of that and and people buying into this sort of, um, I suppose, a, a illusion of, of of work environments being meritocracies when they're not really, because uh, there's there's not equal starting points and um, people are pe people are facing different things. You know, some people have got their their laces tied in the race. Some people have got hurdles in front of them and others and, and others yeah. don't and it's it's initiatives like this that that level the playing field to some degree where we we know there is inequality we can we can act to act mm -hmm. against it and you know in a more in a more equitable way so so i think i think it's i think it is important that the, the cultural bit of working hard is, is, is great and and, it, and and you know reflected in other, in other communities as well but but what we're talking about here is people having to face barriers that others don't face yeah, and I think, you know, when, when you both responded to that, this, this thing about understanding why we're at this point and then, you know, culturally then understanding why we've done what we've done for so long, there will be people that, that haven't really identified that, you know, maybe even for, for the, you know, a, a black person listening to this might be like, oh, actually, yeah, I do work that hard and I, I haven't realised why I've had, you know, X, Y and Z struggles. Um, and, and being able to, to, to talk about that openly, but also in the same breath, being able to answer the people who will say, well, why are we ring-fencing funding? You know, well, why is that okay to do for, for the BAME community? Like, how, why is this okay? You know, and it's even, even to say to them, or, you know, to the others, that this is why, <laughs> you know, that the playing field is not level has not been level. And this is an initiative to change that. You know, I, I think that this is just, it's, it's sensitive work. And this is why I wanted you guys to be on here to talk about it, because it's, it's sensitive. It's sensitive for the people who think that they want to apply for the funding. It's sensitive for the person who's at a workplace who has struggled to get funding for other initiatives. You know, almost like you've given them another alternative or how, come, how, how could they get another alternative? But I think that when people realize that these types of resources are out there, and this isn't just for the student who knows that they're out there, but for the workplaces to know that this is available, I think these conversations start to become slightly easier to have in and amongst a group of people, wherever that group of people sits. Does, does this make sense? Yeah, yeah, def definitely does. And, and I suppose, um... I think it's an interesting one because I have, you know, have seen comments and 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 people kind of raise that question around. Well, you know, why why are we focusing on on this and that? Yeah. And I suppose sometimes, uh, you know, have gives have an underlying frustration to, to questions like that <laughs> uh, sometimes because also it's well, why wouldn't we focus on it? Um, you know, yeah. we've we've, we've identified a challenge, uh, an issue, something that um, we can put something in place to to to. Um, you know, hopefully address it um, as a minimum test to see if this can this can ad uh, address it. I'm, I'm not too sure of the validity of the counterpoint being there's another bit of inequality over there or there's something else um, here. I think yeah, ideally, you know, big picture, you you try and address things with uh, you know yeah. sort of a, an, an intersect intersectional kind of lens on it um, but also if you've highlighted a specific issue let's try and address that yeah let's try and work on it yeah. specific issue yeah it's you know i think it's all it, it's, it's i don't think it's a particularly productive conversation to be drawn uh, to, to be drawn into but but yeah um i, I yeah, it, it is something that comes up
Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's always, I mean, yeah, like you say, not productive to be drawn into, but we, it, you know that it's there, so it kind of ends up being like a bit of the pink elephant in the room. So I think at least, you know, if, if people are feeling awkward or they're not sure why this has to exist, even in terms of, you know, not trying to assume that you know everybody's thoughts, but then trying to, you're, you're putting out, you know, the, uh, you said, like you said, we have, there's this problem and this is our solution. You know, even if it's as simple as that. Aideen, when, because you, you obviously lecture, and, and do you think that, you know, when when you sort of got, got involved in this, is this something that you, you felt, actually, you know, my students have struggled with this. I'm, you're seeing this from a different, because, you know, I'm, I'm from treating patients, um, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Ish is, is more is more managerial. You're you're there with the students. Even if they're not saying things, certain things that are coming up as commonalities that you will be seeing overall experience in this field. So one of the things I started doing as students is being very upfront with the conversation of, you know how is this being funded how is your course course being funded and i think yeah. i was quite surprised that quite a few people were trying to self-fund i mean i self-funded many many years ago and the you know i didn't know about these opportunities um and when you tell people about the potential funding route for uh, their course they're quite surprised but then yeah. things become stuck in terms of um completion of the paperwork, trying to understand what it is that the paperwork mm. is asking of you and putting together that really nice story that helps sell you as a um, prime candidate for funding to be awarded. And I think we don't necessarily know how to do that. And I'm happy to stand corrected if, if people think that's not the case. but. I have, so I applied twice to the fund before I sat on the, um, on the panel and yeah. the first time I rejected out flat and I couldn't understand why I was rejected and, you know, the feedback didn't help me shape my, um, shape my application better. And the second time I applied, I got it, but the amount of effort and energy that I had to spend in coming up and completing uh, 500 words in sort of four subsections kind of thing was hard work and knowing yeah. who to turn to who can then um, give you that opportunity and that lens to kind of go well actually you haven't answered the question or you have etc. Yeah, yeah. I think that from a HEI perspective um, we need to ask the question instead of making the assumptions because I think yeah. we will be very surprised at what some of those answers are. Yeah, that's interesting. So Ish, if people want to get information about this, where can they go? Like where where is this? Where are we directing them? Yeah, so so the, the, the best um, source of information would be the Charitable Trust um, award pages on the CSP website. So kind of yeah. all, all of the details are, are, are on there. Um, so if you just search on the CSP website or I can um, I can share the link. I don't know if you can share that um, yeah, as well. Um, uh, that that's, that's probably the best route. But then again, also kind of happy uh, for people to kind of reach out if they, they, they want to they have a talk through anything. Um, we are also going to be pulling together some additional resources to share with 
with um, people just to support them kind of going through the process um, uh, and, and kind of essentially give them, give them a bit more guidance and, and, and tips on what they need to do to make sure that, um, that their applications are in, in the best shape possible. I think this, um, you know, if you haven't put yourself forward for things before or you're someone who's struggled a bit with your learning, because I'm, you know, I'm dyslexic and dyspraxic and that wasn't picked up until I was doing my master's and I self-funded my master's, right? And I remember doing my first essay and I will mention her name's Pat Canning. She was a, a, physio, a senior physiotherapist who'd known me as a junior, as a physiotherapy assistant. And I remember giving her my first essay to read and she was like, <laughs> it's like information dumping, you know? And even the strategic way that you would write your essay, for example, in your master's, you know, critically appraising, understanding the terminology. All of this is really important in terms of then how you're going to move forward with forms in general, you know, <laughs> whether it is you're applying for funding for, whether it's your PhD, whether it's, you know, any kind of research work moving forwards in the future. And I think, you know, you know, agree or disagree, but once you start to get into the flow of doing these types of, of forms and this type of paperwork, you realize that it also is a skill. You are developing, right? Um, and I think the sooner people kind of get to grips with that, whether I got funding for my um, placement in the Bahamas, that was a Joe Jeans Memorial Fund at the time. I don't know whether that still exists. I had to go and present to CSP afterwards. But there are so many other things that are available to students and people need to start getting clearer on what it is that they want, they think they're working towards and is their help. And I'm sure the CSP won't mind me saying that they can probably contact them directly if they want to talk about that but also you guys are on social media platforms Aideen I know you're on LinkedIn Ish you're the same you're on Twitter you're very active on there so if we're encouraging our student community or our employed staff they should come and you know drop you a message in the DM and say listen I'm a bit stuck with this I get some guidance and mentorship or can you assist is that fair to say absolutely and I think one of the most important bits to understand is that you need to fully justify why you want to undertake that placement or why you want to undertake that um, module or that MSc. And once you have that justification down pat and you can ask yourself the question, can I get anything? So for argument's sake, if it's a placement, can I get anything comparable in the United Kingdom? And that's a yes, no question or maybe question. And depending on what the answer is, you then need to feed that into your application and so that's just tip for people to think about and remember as they go about filling these forms it's always trying to understand what the funder wants from you yeah I'd, 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 I'd echo that um and if, i think you know coming back to the sort of charitable trust awards some some of this is, is about just making sure you do the basics right because actually a lot of the applications we see that aren't successful it, it's just not doing the basics um right so you know work work towards the criteria that's provided um for you make sure you give the evidence that, that that's needed and I'd, and I'd say that even you know conversations that people have with their employers um uh, around getting 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 funding make sure you've got a good case and the case isn't necessarily just that it yeah. helps you get to where you want to be the case often needs to be <laughs> both that it ticks a box for you as well as for, you for, for, your, for, 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 your, for your employer and, and you know writing whether it's a small business case or something like that or uh, or kind of being really clear on what the benefits um to, to, to them them are going to be and importantly, I, yeah, mm -hmm. it's about making sure that your patients get 
what you need them to get. So patients and how your application will help patient care and the patient pathway is going to be critical. That's great. I, I just want to thank you because I mean, I, I, my face has been a little bit frowned as I've been listening and <laughs> I've not really been smiling all that much, but it is, a, it's, like I said, it's a very sensitive, very serious topic. I really wanted to bring this to light because I know that there are a lot of people that follow what we do, you know, what therapy, um, sorry, what the CCA Matters does. And I think that if people start having more conversations about this and, and Jack's, you know, hugely into people learning, that's why things like Therapy Live are hosted in the first place. And it just felt like a really good platform to then talk about this. Like you said, it's not just the physiotherapy course. Like, what else is it going to help you with? What's that, fence, um, that funding going to help you with? So it's not just then, you know, driven towards the therapy aspect. And I think that this is hugely important because it gets us all, I think, thinking outside of the box, you know, in terms of what it, what it is we want from ourselves from a personal and, and professional development point of view. I just want to say thank you so much. I will make sure that I've got the right contact details for you when I share this. People can reach out to you should they want to. And I thank you so much for coming in and talking about this because, you know, like I said, I knew the 30 minutes would never be enough. <laughs> but if we have to do a part two so we can at least find out, you know, where things are at. But, I'm, you know, my assumption is that these types of things will continue the more people are using them. And if we're not using them and we haven't got people applying, then it doesn't it doesn't last more than the year that you that you stated, right? Thank you. I appreciate that. Sorry, Ish, you gonna say something? Oh, it's all right. No, no, no. I was, was going to say. So this this the the charitable trust award. It's a, it's a limited award. So there's a mat, there's a certain amount of funding which is ring fenced. Um, initially, obviously, it's being run as a pilot, and we need to see the impact of that. Yeah. And I suppose explore what opportunities that may open up further down the line. So get applying, people. Get in yeah. there. Exactly. Get exactly. your applications in. Apply, apply, apply. Lovely. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you both again soon. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. We are out of time. I've overrun by at least a couple of minutes. Our learning and our development is so important for our future. So moving forward and ensuring that the playing field is level. Those of you that are out there and our, our allies, you know, allies to minority groups, I can't stress enough how important it is that if you've listened to this and you know someone is applying to do something, help them. You know, I think what's the saying, if you can't be anything in this world, be kind. And most of us spend so much time at work. If you can provide people with a little bit of support, a little bit of encouragement, and help them to move forward, you have no idea what you mean to that person. I'm Leanne. It is always a pleasure being here on the show. And you will see me again in, on the second Tuesday of next month. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Take care and have a lovely, lovely rest of week. Apparently the weather's going to get brighter from here on in.
shouldn't be me here.